You're listening to The Social Dentist with Dr. Desiree Yazdan, marketing, branding, and building an online community to help you grow your business as a healthcare professional. Featured on the Emmy Award-winning daytime talk show, The Doctors, and America's business magazine, Forbes, Dr. Yazdan gives you insight on how she's cracked the code to social media and how to use it as a way to make your business more profitable. And now... Dr. Yazdan. Hi, you guys. Okay, so I have a special guest on today's podcast episode. Um, I think that right now, most of us have our offices closed. If your office isn't closed, then you're definitely dealing with less patients coming in um, just due to the pandemic and everything that's going on. So I wanted to give you some useful info that can help you work on your business while you have some extra time off right now. So I definitely think right now is the best time you should be using social media. There's so many people on their phones. There's so many people working from home. There's so many people that aren't working. And right now is the time for you to grow. But right now is not the time to be scaling your business. Working on your social media, building a brand, all those things are great. But I don't think right now is really the time to be selling. But that's like a whole another topic that we're going to talk about another time, um, hopefully within the next week or so. Um, but right now really is a time to sustain your business. Think about the vision in your business. Think about things that you want for your business, think about, um, you know, once the pandemic passes, how do you want your business to look? How do you want to feel in your business? And I want today's episode to help you build your business and make your business better so that when you go back, you could hit the ground running, you could be more profitable, you can make your business better than it was before. So our special guest today, her name is Kira Dent, and I love her. I met her about a year ago when I went to a CE event that I was speaking at, and she was also speaking. I loved her speech. Um, I She loved mine. So we instantly had a connection. We became great friends. She has a fantastic podcast called The Dental A-Team, and um, she's amazing. If you guys are in the dental world, you guys definitely need to check out her podcast. She really talks about things like systems in the workplace. Um, I love her company because they'll actually travel to your office to help you get started. And all the coaches and everything that she works with that will be working with you, they've all been dental assistants, they've all been treatment coordinators, they've all been schedulers, billers, office managers, and so on. So their thing is that they don't just understand you, they are you because they were part of our world in dentistry and now they've moved on to help make our businesses better and so i love that because they have different tiers and you could look into all this i'm going to link everything about her in the show notes um she's got instagram she's got you know ways that you could jump onto her email list she's got online training programs she'll come to your office if you need to and she's really amazing so by the way if you could hear my dog barking in the background you know, it just is what it is. <laughs> um, Napoleon wants to say hi. Um, so anyways, her, her work is fantastic. I have even just like the little bits that she shared with me that I've used in my own business, I found extremely successful. So I encourage you guys to look out and look up her info, look her up. And I hope you guys really enjoy today's episode. One thing I did want to say is even if you're not in the dental world, her information will still really, really help you. So 
if you're in optometry, if you're in dermatology, a plastic surgeon, no matter what industry you're in, her info will definitely help you. And she's actually ventured out. She has a very successful model for her business and she's ventured out to help other healthcare professionals as well. She used to just do dentistry and now she's kind of moved on from that. So um, I just want to encourage you guys to enjoy this podcast, listen to it, and actually do the things that we talk about in here because this episode is really going to be valuable for your actual business. And I hope you guys take notes. I hope you listen to it. If you need to come back and listen to it again, I encourage you to do so. So here we are. Enjoy this episode and let me know how you like it. I would love to hear from you. You guys can reach out to me on Instagram at Dr. Yasin and let me know if you want more episodes like this because Kira is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to growing businesses and everything and putting systems in the business and getting your team together and all that. And if you guys want more of her, I'm happy to deliver. So find me on Instagram. Let me know if you're on my email list. You guys can always send me an email and let me know. If you're not joining my email list, is super easy. You just go to dryazin.com slash join and that will give you a link so that you can join me on my email list. I send emails every Saturday with exciting content and my upcoming emails will be kind of fun to read. So, um, I just wanted to let you guys know that. All right, friends, here we go. All right, everybody. So I'm here with Kira and Kira, it's so exciting to have you here because I know that we've talked so many times about social media. We've talked about systems in the workplace. We've talked about a lot of things together, but I really wanted to put together an episode where you can help with, you know, now that we're going through this pandemic and this whole coronavirus situation where you can help um, business owners and healthcare get the systems in their office that they need. So a lot of times what I've noticed happens is people grow their businesses and they kind of don't really know how they got there. They just kept going and going and going, but they can't scale because they don't have the right systems in place. Do you find that to be true as well? Absolutely. It's kind of building that shell, of the, the shell of a hollow home. And even right. though it looks really pretty on the outside, one small wave comes over and your whole house crumbles. And exactly. Exactly. Yep. Or I like they the have time. that one superstar on their team, right? All the They're, time. That helps them solve all their problems and they get everything done. But then when that superstar leaves or if that superstar is sick or whatever happens, it's like the entire business crumbles and you can't replicate that superstar because mm -hmm. you don't even know what was going on. So I really wanted to talk about systems in the workplace. And right now we were saying before we started recording this is right now is not the time that we're going to be worried about scaling our business. Like, I don't think anyone's going into April thinking, yeah, I'm going to scale with this pandemic going on. <laughs> like, let me hit my next goal, right? Right now we're going to be talking about sustaining our business as it is, and then working on getting systems in place so that when we do return full force, that we can, you know, sustain and we can thrive and then scale. Mm -hmm. So, Let's talk about maybe like three systems that we can have people put together right now um, that will help them sustain what they have going on, thrive, and then they can use it to scale later. Absolutely. And I, I love that you said, you know, it's sustain and thrive and scale. And I love it in that order because I had a coach the other day talking to me and she said, Kira, 
Everything in our lives and our business are a reflection of what's in nature. And in nature, things will bloom and they'll blossom and then they're going to die and they're going to decay and they're going to fade and then they come back up and they bloom and it's this cycle. And I think it's similar for our businesses. So right now is not the time where we're being extrovert in the business as far as a lot of the, the dental practices we're seeing. A lot, of, a lot of businesses right now are more of that introvert reflective. And it's interesting because as you watch and you see, I mean, when bears hibernate, their job is not to be going and getting the food. It's to be resting and to be introreflective and to be rebuilding so they're ready to go. And I think right now, if we think of our businesses that way of okay, what's the inside? What are the inside bones of our business? And what can we do right now to enhance and improve? So that way, when we do get back and we're in that blossoming uh, stage of our business cycle, that we're ready to then scale and thrive, like you were saying. And I I love that imagery because I'm such a visual person. And so when I can see like, okay, this was a flower that just bloomed and now it's decaying and, and going back into the earth, that's where my business cycle is right now. And then it will bloom again. And if I take right now to harvest it and to to nurture that ground and to nurture my business, it's going to bloom so much brighter and and fuller in the future season. So and I also like to think of it like when you build the systems, it's kind of like not that your office will ever be on autopilot, but in a way it kind of is. Mm-hmm. Because when somebody leaves, when someone is sick, you can have something in place where you know how to replicate that position. So you just, it's just so important. And I think this is something I realized like a few years ago, because I was one of those like build, 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 build. And then I was like, okay, wait, now I have like a superstar that's gotten like, what am I going to do without this person? Mm -hmm. I don't know what happened. And then I had to start from scratch. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, and then I had a lot of turnover in certain Uh, because of some extenuating circumstances, I had a lot of turnover in certain positions in my office. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired of this turnover. Mm -hmm. So I created these easy systems and it's not just always, um, you know, like hiring employees and the process of that or giving them like their daily to-do list or whatever, or monthly or weekly. But that is part of it because then, you know, if you have something that they can look at and then you could say, these are what we expect of you and blah, blah, blah. It's almost like you can kind of take that weight off your shoulders and in a way put some parts of your business on autopilot. For sure. And I, I love that because I think every business goes through that. As much as we want to prepare prepare the up-and-coming entrepreneurs, I was that way. I grew my business because we're in the trenches. We're growing. We're building. And then you're like, snap, I'm going to lose this person. I don't even know what they do. I remember when that happened to me and I was like, yeah. oh, gosh, this is what everybody talks about. And now I'm in that same spot. And I think it's just mm-hmm. I think that's part of business 101. I think we do this. Um, And then we get smart and then it happens to us again and then we get smart. And so the goal is how can we proactively do this? So I've been coaching a lot of offices right now, the dental A team. Um, I think one of our biggest mantras is that we build practices on systems, not on people. And that doesn't mean that we're corporate minded or that we're trying hard to not have people or that we don't care about people. It's literally to make the people's jobs who are working there easier because there's a true system that we follow. So, and that way, if anybody comes in, it's easier training and it's easier for the people doing it. We've simplified. And I truly believe when an office has systems that are true systems, that is a sign of mastery. They've actually mastered it. They have a simple system in place with true accountability. That practice, like you said, it will never go on autopilot, but it is more simple. 
it's more efficient, and there's better patient care in every practice I've ever seen that actually runs on systems. The ones that run on people, holy moly, good luck. Oh, <laughs> it, yeah. just, it just feels like yeah. a wild one. So, Yep, it's very chaotic all the time. And you know what else? Um, the, with having the systems in place, you can hold people accountable, you know? So, oh, this didn't happen. Well, how come this was part of your, you know, system. This is part of your work that you need to take care of. And then as a backup, I have this system in place. So how come things are falling through? And then you could pinpoint where things are falling through the cracks and you can fix it, you know? For sure. So I love that having systems, you can actually hold people accountable or hold yourself accountable for where the systems are broken, where there's a leaky bucket and you need to plug one of the holes, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I love having systems. So yeah, give us some more details. You got it. Um, and to piggyback on what you were saying, I think as an, as an owner, it actually makes our lives less stressful um, because totally. you actually have accountability coming to you. It's not worrying, is this getting done? Is this not getting done? Because you do totally. have a cleaner, cleaner line. So I know sometimes it feels daunting and I hear this a lot from offices like, okay, Kira, I want to do systems where do I start? And I'm like, well, it's yep. different for everyone. And I don't have an A to Z spot of where to start. I will tell you, these are probably my three top systems or, or areas that today right now, um, I'm kind of spinning it and shifting it because people have a lot more time at home than they've had in the past. So the systems I'll give you now aren't going to necessarily be patient related because there are systems regarding that, but that's kind of fruitless right now. The The better idea is let's, let's build out the perfect structure. So Um, Operations manual is something that is a hot, hot topic right now with offices across the nation um, because you have time to build those out or to review. So in the dental team, we actually built out an operations manual. So it's just like, it's a skeleton, but with a lot of content in there for you. So it's not easy to build on someone else's. So in there, I say... Systems are kind of tricky if you don't even know what the people are doing in your practice. So I say first things first, you've got to, you absolutely 100% need to build out, I call them job flow or job protocols, whatever you want to call it. Protocol sometimes gets a little funky, but actually building a job flow for every single position in the practice. So literally have every person in your practice or every position in there, write down what they do from the daily what they do when they start in the morning, they come in, they do this, they clock in, they set up the room, they turn on the sterilizer, they empty the statum, they empty the water bottles, they fill the water bottles, whatever it is, have them write all those things out. Do that for every position. Because once you actually have a skeleton like that, that then will allow you to see what systems and protocols you need to build off of that. So I really strongly suggest you build that out. And it sounds it sounds tedious. It sounds like, why am I doing this? But you'll start to see where there's overlap as well. It's really interesting when you have your team do this, you'll see how so you, to, go ahead. Can you tell me the theory of why you want the team members to do this versus like the owner to do it? Like, why wouldn't I go into my practice and say, okay, I put together all these systems, go for it. Versus like, hey, you know, assistant, tell me what you do every day or hygienist or whatever, you know, whatever positions you have in your business. Mm -hmm. Why is it better for everyone to do it themselves? 
that is a really good question. And my answer to that is two. It's twofold. One is if you get your team buy-in and they're helping to create this, they're much more likely to actually hold accountable to the systems because they had a say in building it. The second answer is because a lot of times doctors don't know what the heck is going on in the front office. So for you to try and build out a billing, like here's what you do, most doctors have never done billing. Most doctors have never done a full scheduling position. Most have never done a treatment coordinating or an office manager position. So I um, yeah. I built it out so that way, because also let's be real. And, and hold on. I just want to mention that it's okay if you don't know everything your office manager does or everything your assistant does, because we weren't really taught anything about running a business. When we no. were in school, we weren't taught any of this. So if anyone's listening to this and they're like, well, I kind of feel stupid. Like, why don't I know how to do this? It's not your fault. It's just, you weren't taught that and you learn by experience. But if you have someone like Kira who teaches you ahead of time and you could put everything together, then you're, you're already like 10 steps ahead. So, okay. For sure. Sorry, no, I, I love that you said that day. because I actually worked at a dental college and so I know what the curriculum is and you don't learn any of this. In school, you learn how to prep teeth, how to wax up teeth, how to not kill a patient. You learn how to not cut their tongue while you're prepping. That's what you learn. Those are the skills that you need to know. You need to know how to do a crown and a filling. So they're not teaching you how to bill out for these procedures. They're not teaching you how to manage team members. They don't have time for that. You need to learn how to be a successful dentist and get your hand skills there. And then it's like, good luck, <laughs> go learn business. So I I don't ever, ever, ever say that. And also docs, I don't want you, I want you to know enough so that way you can hold them accountable. But I truly don't want you to have to know how to do every one of these procedures. I want your procedures and the protocols to be written so well that if let's say Sarah ends up leaving and she's your billing girl, you can literally go snag the protocol book and you could actually submit your own claims. You could do your own AR. You could do your own follow-up. You would know where the collections are because you at least have enough of information coming back to you and you have the protocols written out. That's the idea behind it. I don't want you to know how to do everything. That's that's not a good use of your time. Go learn CE, do things that only doctors can do, but at least have, at least have the written protocols down to where totally. when in doubt, you could go and do this if you need to. Like right now, I have offices, doctors doing their own billing because they have had to lay off all their team members. So they're actually going through submitting claims, writing narratives. They don't know how to do any of this, but they have a good protocol book to where they literally can do this without having their team in place. Right. So, and that just, that's freedom. I mean, that that makes it to where you can now hold people accountable instead of like skirting around big issues because you're so scared if you hold them accountable, they'll leave and your practice will fall apart. That's another thing I like to mention is because I know like I love to think of my business as like a little happy family. I love, love everyone that mm -hmm. works in my office. And it took a lot of struggle to get to this point where I actually feel like I have everyone in the right position and I truly love my team and I really feel like a team. But then there is this underlying thing that we are a team. We can't be a complete family because think about like holidays when you have a big family gathering, how much pretending there is sometimes, you know, like, <laughs> yes. like, oh yeah, I'm just going to pretend. Oh, how are you? It's so good to see you. Like pretending <laughs> you're super happy to see this person that you're actually deep down, like really angry at, you know, mm -hmm. whereas when you're a team, there's no pretending. It's like, Hey, you're accountable for this. You knew that because it's in the, it's in the book. It's written out. We've talked about it. We've had meetings about it. 
and you haven't done this. So definitely treat people well. I'm not saying go crazy, but you want to treat everyone well, but at the same time, hold them accountable. So mm-hmm. like, hey, you you didn't do this or this needs to get done. And why isn't it being done? Your account, you're responsible for this mm-hmm. portion. And then, you know, you you tell them you lead with the honesty and nobody feels bad because it's true that you have had meetings about it. It is written down for them. It's not like a guessing game, like, oh, well, I didn't know that I was supposed to do that, you know, and then you feel bad because you're, you don't want to make someone feel it's like, no, well, I don't need to feel bad because we've talked about it. It's in the book. It's written down for you and you should know. And if you don't, that's okay. We're going to, we're going to make it work this time, but you're just going to make sure it doesn't happen again type of situation. Correct. Do you agree? I absolutely agree with you. And as you were saying that, um, I was thinking in families, families could probably benefit heavily from reading The Five Dysfunctions of Teams. It's a fantastic book. If people haven't read it, I just recently read it and it really, it really broke it down for me of, of exactly what I needed. And that's by Patrick. And I don't even know how to say his last name. I don't know. It starts with an L guys. So that's the book you want to go read is The Five Dysfunctions of Teams. And what it talks about is like the underlying piece, if there's not true trust and, and honesty, and that means we can, we can hold each other accountable. But if you don't have that true trust, that's going to lead to then healthy conflict, which will then lead to commitment and buy-in, which will then lead to accountability, which will then lead to results. And those are the five steps he talks about. But if you're lacking that trust piece where you can hold them accountable, there's no way you're going to get to that accountability piece because we don't even have trust to have healthy conflict, to get a true buy-in. How many team members are like, okay, yep, I'll do that, but they're not actually bought into it. It's because we don't have that, those five dysfunctions actually clearly spelled out and working. And and I think that that's such a huge piece of systems because yes, I can talk to you all day long and so many offices build beautiful systems and they have the whole workbook written up and then it falls apart and they're like, Kara, what's going on? And I'm like, well, you either don't have trust or there wasn't healthy conflict to make sure your whole team actually had true commitment and buy-in. And therefore that's why accountability is lacking. So if you don't have those pieces, your systems will not, I don't care how pretty they are, they won't follow through because you don't have those other pieces. And that was something that was pivotal in my career when I learned those five dysfunctions, because then I actually had a recipe book of how to fix that and actually hold people accountable. I love that. Okay. So right now, because we know that everyone's working less or not at all, like my office is completely closed, so I'm not working. And I know there's a lot of people in my same position. And, you know, if you your office is open for any treatment for any reason, then you're probably working less because you probably have patients canceling because they don't want to be exposed to the coronavirus and all that. So right now, what you're saying, Kira, is while people have more time and they're at home, maybe ask your team members to start writing out their daily task list. For sure. Absolutely. Maybe daily, sometimes weekly, sometimes monthly. Like there's things that you do once a month and there's things you do every week Mm -hmm. in an office. So maybe write those out and then, okay, so what's the next system? So that's number one, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, that'll okay, be. So talk- that's great. I love to. I love to have my little army working while I'm working on other things. So, like, divide and conquer. Give them tasks they can be doing to help you. So then, after- right? And and this is something that I love that 
you know, the universe is kind of telling us to slow down right now Mm -hmm. and take a little extra time because these are maybe things you've never thought about, or maybe you have thought about them, but you just don't have time because you're, when you're in the office, you're work, 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 work. And then when you're off, you're like, okay, I've got to, you know, get the kids ready and I got to cook the dinner and do all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. Right. So you haven't had the time to really put the effort into this. And now the universe is saying, Hey, I'm giving you the time. So take advantage of the time instead of being nervous of, Oh, my office is closed. I have no income or whatever your fears may be. Instead, I want, like I was telling people the other day, like, let's talk about your vision for how you want your business to be once this, this is, this passes. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you want your business to be? Let's focus on that. That's exactly right. Better. So. Yep, exactly. And that ties right in beautifully because I would say, what practice, what is your practice currently and what do you want it to be? And what are the what are the main pain points? Because the pain points are going to be something you'll actually want to work on right now. So think about your business and look at all your departments. I think this is an easy way to assess. And this is what I coach a lot of offices on. And I say, all right, let's break it down. I want you to write down scheduling and literally write this down on a piece of paper. So your schedulers, your treatment coordinators, your office manager, your dental assistants, your hygienist, your associates. And I want you to write down all the things that they do well, because I like to start with positive. And then I want you to write down the areas where it's broken and it's falling down. And you can also have an an other, like an all office. What are the big breakdowns that you're seeing in your practice? So for a lot of people, they have no clue. Doctors, and I am not judging because guess what? I am in your same boat in my business. It was in my finances. I had no idea how money was coming into our practice, into my business, how they were tracking it and how they were following up with missing invoices. I can see money in my account, but that whole process, I wasn't clear on. That was a sticky spot. We didn't have a clear process for that. So I wrote down, and I think it's important to write down all your different departments and the things that are going well and the things that are broken and having that on a piece of paper that you can see. And the reason I have you focus on things going well is because you don't wanna create a system that actually undoes the things that are going well. Oftentimes we're trying to fix a problem and we undo something going really well and create a problem with the cure. Oh, that's so interesting. So then you'll look at that and you'll see what your top pain points are. So I would, um, while your team is building out their job descriptions, you're working on, okay, what are the top protocols or things that we need to fix? And you'll notice that a lot of protocols actually actually intercept in between the different departments. So it might be handoffs. We're struggling with case acceptance. We're not closing case acceptance. So I want to write a protocol of how we do case acceptance. Well, case acceptance is not just treatment coordinators. Case acceptance, if you look, what are the broken pieces amongst all the departments and how do we how do we spin that together? So you would actually make a case acceptance protocol for every single department. To oh my a- gosh, can I just jump in and interrupt Please you do. Of course. Okay. So this is such a key thing that you're saying right now, because I remember like a few years ago, I feel like when I go into a room, I speak with a patient, we talk about their treatment options, they're ready to go. And then there, this is, this was actually more than a few years ago. And then I would, at the time I have, I had a different office manager then she would go in and then it would be like, I would never hear from the patient ever again. And then when I started looking into it, because I was like, how come I'm I'm doing all these consults, but no one's really coming back? Like, am I, am I doing it wrong? Am I horrible at Mm -hmm. talking about treatment? Do patients not like me? Do they not trust me? Like, what's the issue? And then when I started really looking into it 
I said, well, let me check on her follow-up. She was never calling or contacting <laughs> those patients again. And I was like, well, no wonder. No wonder I'm never seeing them again. They're never followed up with. But had I never gone to that, like, let me figure out what the issue is mm-hmm. type of thing. Like, I didn't know that that was the issue. I just assumed she's following up with people. But now I have, you know, a system in place in my office where somebody leaves after a consult, they're followed up with. Or mm-hmm. every patient that walks out needs to either have an appointment that you're going to follow up with them or they need to be scheduled for something. Mm-hmm. So when I put that system in place, it's like your production doubles overnight because Absolutely. now it's crazy. So, okay. So I just wanted to say that, um, you know, sometimes people don't know where their system is actually broken, but if you just do a little deep dive, like you may, I didn't know that that was a broken system for a long time. But then when I started thinking about little pieces of the office, I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe it's me. Then I explored the option of maybe it's me. And then I explored other options as well. You know, maybe it's the office manager. Maybe she's not talking to them correctly. Maybe she's whatever, like scaring them up or I don't know. And then <laughs> right. when I started looking at, at the little pieces, well, there was no follow up. So Mm-hmm. It takes a little bit of work, but it's totally worth it. And I love what you just said because you were about to fix a problem. You could have written a set protocol for doctors coming in of how we do our consoles. Okay, so you're going to write that protocol. This is how we do it. However, the whole system is the doctor's piece and the, and the office manager and the follow-up. Like All of those pieces are actually the true system. And I think oftentimes offices make the mistake of thinking, I'm just going to write what doctors do for consults. And then we, we segment it out mm-hmm. instead of realizing it's a whole team approach and all of those are systems. So big areas that I like you to look at for all your systems would be, uh, and let's just start with like, what is our new patient? How does our new patient phone call? That's a great system and a flow to look through. How, do our, how are our phone calls answered? How's our insurance done on a new patient? What type of a consult do we have? Do they start with doctor? Do they start with hygiene? What does the hygienist do? And what's our follow-up with new patients? Right there. I seriously think that's the best way to even start with that phone call because I'm not even joking. I had somebody working in our office. This this happened twice and never happened again, but they would answer the phone and they would say, hello. (laughs) And I was like, when I heard that, I was like, yeah, and I'm talking like seven years ago. I've been out at school for eight years now. So it's like seven years, like I didn't know. And I'm like, really, you just answered the phone. Hello. Like, and then, but then it's not that person's fault. It's my fault for not putting a system in place. This is how you answer the phone. You say, thank you for calling X, Y, and Z. Right. But Mm -hmm. it was like, I was like, are you kidding? You just answer hello. Like this isn't your personal cell phone. (laughs) you know. So even starting with that first phone call is so huge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And little things like that, it's it's crazy because you don't want to, I've seen offices that are over systematized and people feel they can't do anything. And so you actually deter creativity. And I also see the flip side of, well, we don't want to micromanage, so we don't have anything. And I'm like, you've got to still set the standards and you need to raise those standards. So what is the standard? And look through that whole piece. But notice on the new patient, like we just talked about, New patient's not just one department. The new patient flow goes through all the departments. So we're going to build a system, which is why if you look at all your teams, job flows that they bring back, we'll bring that together and let's start building systems across the board and getting the whole team to agree, how do we have our new patients? And oftentimes we set a system, but we forget to tell the whole team. So it breaks in the middle because the whole team hasn't bought in to what's going on. 
Yeah, that's a good point too. So everyone's got to be on the same page. They do. And this is where I'm like, guys, we think of these in compartmentalized things, which is why I suggest write that paper down. What's going well, because we don't want to undo a good system and what's broken and then look to see. And then just like you said, Desiree, of dig deep into why and ask better questions. So why is my case acceptance low? Why are these things there? And I'll say then the last system. So we've kind of gone through like the job flow, then doing a T-chart. I gave you guys, I think new patients are a great system to work on. I also think case acceptance, looking from the whole practice, how do we work our case acceptance from when the patient comes in? How do the hygienist tee up treatment? How does the doctor present treatment? How is that handoff? Does the hygienist schedule or does the front office schedule? I will tell you my plug right there is hygiene or back office should schedule. Your case acceptance will instantly go up if you schedule chairside. It's a, it's a magical thing. If you choose not to do that, when they come up to the front and we have a perfect handoff right there and you can use route slips. Um, I have a podcast on NDTR, which is literally an instant case acceptance increase for you guys. It's the next visit date time recare and it will literally have a perfect handoff for you every single time that everybody can follow. Um, you can either stamp it on there, you can write it on there, you can put it in open dental, whatever software you use. Um, and even for other healthcare professionals, this is a great way to do it. But then what happens with our treatment coordinator what do they do? And then what's their follow-up? And I recommend a 222 follow-up on case acceptance if they don't schedule. We always say, and it's literally just little nuances of what you say even on case acceptance. So a few things are, if it's handed off to my treatment coordinator, a perfect handoff would sound like, hey, Desiree, this is Kira. We just finished up with the crown today. Obviously, if you, there are patients in the waiting room, keep this HIPAA compliant. If not, this is a great handoff. We just finished with that crown today. I have it all set complete. Dr. Yazdan wants to see her back in two weeks. We're going to work on those fillings on the upper right. And she needs about an hour and a half for that. And the R stands for recare. And she's not scheduled for her next cleaning. So if you could take care of that, that'd be fantastic. Desiree, it was great to see you. Uh, you know, Kira's going to take great care of you or whomever the people are. That was literally a perfect handoff of what we did today, what the next treatment is, when they need to be seen, how much time they need to be seen, and was their recare scheduled that little magic bullet is going to change your case acceptance. And then from there, yep. your treatment coordinator and picks up and, and schedules and, and your, or they follow up in a two, two, two follow-up. A hundred percent. Okay. So two things. One, can you tell everyone what the two, two, two follow-up is for those that don't know? Of course. Yes. So I recommend a two day, a two week, a two month follow-up for these patients. And I actually track it manually, or you can use some softwares. Um, I think when treatment coordinators track manually, it does two things. It's a super inconvenience for them as a treatment coordinator. I agree. I did not like having to fill that form out. And I do that intentionally because if I didn't like it, if I closed treatment, I didn't have to follow up. So it was less work for me to do. And people tend to follow an easier path, which is why I intentionally put treatment trackers in place. So your team will be tracking Perfect. it. And also they take accountability. Plus they have a quick fill list immediately. And also if it's done on Google Docs, doctor, every single Friday, that treatment coordinator reports to you. This was my case acceptance. Here's my actual data. These are the patients I followed up with. These are the patients I'm following up with next week. So it's literally an accountability because every system you build, I don't care what system it is, it has to have a follow-up back to you, doctor. That's in a very simple, easy way. And I recommend it being done every Friday or at the end of the week. So you're getting this data, but of the most important things, which are KPIs, which we can talk about another time or today, but that's literally like how a system works perfectly is you have the information, it's data collected and reported back to you in a simple way. Yeah, I love that. And then, um, so 
what I wanted to know is how you, you said that perfect handoff. I love that you said include a route slip because on the route slip, you can actually write it down mm-hmm. because sometimes, you know, I've noticed in the past where I would go up to the office and say, okay, so-and-so needs X, Y, and Z and blah, 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 right? Perfect handoff. But then they're up there, they start chatting, oh, when do you want to come in and blah, blah, blah. Somebody calls, they put the phone on hold or whatever, whatever's happening. Yep. So another patient walks up to the front. And so now let's say they needed to schedule for their crown seat and their cleaning and then a follow-up for something else and then some fillings. Well, now the fillings got forgotten about, so you lose that. So if it's written down on a route slip or written down somewhere, then you can make sure it's all checked off mm-hmm. and it's everything that's scheduled. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing to help. But what exactly. I wanted to ask you. Well, and I, I'm going to tie on that real quick because people are human. And I want you guys to remember, I tell everybody, use a route slip or some form of paper where you write down those specific things. Because me sitting there as your TC, as much as I love you walking up to talk to me, 90% of the time, I am not paying attention for the first 30 seconds of you talking. And that's the bulk and the meat of what I need to hear. And it's because I'm in my other project. So if it's written on a piece of paper, I don't forget it. I can check off the boxes and we don't miss those little steps. That teeny tiny detail of that system will make a huge world of difference for you. Um, if you're don't, if you not crazy about route slips, you're an office that's paperless, fantastic. Use appointment cards. You can stamp it on the back of that. But writing it down so that you way- You use a post-it note if you have to. Literally. You know? <laughs> there are a thousand, a thousand options. I even have offices who have laminated these things. So it's just written with a dry erase or a Sharpie and hand it up front and then they wipe them oh, clean. That's amazing. So, I need to do that. <laughs> so it's like very, very simple, but it creates a routine. And I tell everybody, make it simple because complexity is the enemy of execution and make it it something they don't have to remember. So every time you bring a patient up, you bring this hot pink laminated sheet every single time. We never miss those laminated sheets or the route slip or whatever it is. They are never, ever, ever missed. That just becomes a habit and a routine. People don't miss that. Your system's fixed. Okay, so I have a question for you. So now you are, let's, you know, take dentists, for example, since I'm a dentist and you work with dentists, but if you're in a different field of healthcare, Use your imagination. So I'm exhausted. I've done treatment all day long. I've got a baby to take care of. And now it's Friday. And we have, you know, now I have to check on what everyone has done for the week, make sure everything's being followed up on, right? Everyone's reporting back to me their results of their system. So when do you recommend taking the time to analyze that data okay. and looking deeper into things? Okay. And as you're saying that, my, I almost interrupted. I'm like, oh, heavens, no, you do not go chase that around. Like, oh, no, 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 no. That's all inputted into a spreadsheet for you. And there is an auto email that you have that reminds you, not reminds your team. I'm really pro teams being proactive and they need to set up ways to remind themselves you just have an auto email. My favorite plugin is called Boomerang. I use it all the time. So I just set up a reminder for every Friday. It comes to me every Friday. Check to make sure the girls turned in their KPIs. That's literally what I do. So that way I don't have to remember. It's less mind power for me. And I don't remember to tell them. And they just have it very simple. I have broken it down. Each person has between one to three KPIs. So a key performance indicator. And this is where I think a lot of offices get into minutia. Um, the KPIs they tend to do are, 
um, they actually don't move the ball forward in a practice. So a, a good example that I really love, for example, if it's your scheduling coordinator, you would say that the hygienist was scheduled to goal 80% of the days. That's very easy to measure. And also, instead of saying like, you filled the schedule every day or you made so many phone calls, you cut all that minutia out. They need to do that to get to their KPI. So it's literally, was the hygienist scheduled to goal 80% of the days that they worked? They then can fill that data in for you. And I, I strongly suggest a spreadsheet has tabs for each person. They can just input the data and then you remind yourself. And then to your point of when do you analyze this, this is something you literally need to put in your planner. You need to put it in your calendar. Otherwise, it's just the the crummy thing we don't want to do. I don't recommend you do it on Friday. Friday, you're exhausted. Right. You're not 100%. going to be looking at it. So you don't care. You just no. want to You're just like, I'm done. Exactly. Like it's almost the weekend, right? Exactly. So how often do you recommend looking at it? Every week, every month, every quarter? Like what's your, mm -hmm. what's your system for that? So I would recommend your office manager should be highly accountable to those. So they should be analyzing all the data of everything coming in. And then their office manager reports to you of, Hey, here's the quick over overview of everything going on. So the office manager spot checking all the different departments, all the different team members, holding all of them accountable. If you're in a big office, it can also be team leads. So the hygiene team lead, dental assistant team lead, front office team lead. All those can check and report to the office manager. Office manager sends you a quick recap. Hey, Dr. Yazdan, this is the highlights from the week. Here's your stats. This is where we are. You get a very simplified piece. Then from there, it's up to every doctor and every business owner. And I don't think there's a rhyme or a reason. It's literally your comfort level. At a minimum, I say go through it once a month where you spot check your office manager once a month. So just pull up those KPIs, you go check an EOB, you go check this, you go check that. And I just spot check every department and you just rotate what you're spot checking every single month. More other offices, they do it every single week. So they literally have just a checklist of what they do and they schedule that in their schedule of their admin time as a doctor and an owner on either like a Monday or a Wednesday, a day where you really aren't seeing patients and you've blocked maybe an hour to two hours of admin time that would be the time you do it. So don't try and put it in the middle of your so day. so important. Yeah. yeah, I think that's so important to have that. It's funny because I used to try to implement that in my office. I'm very weird the way I work. Like I tell my staff, like just book me solid. Like don't give me any breaks, right? Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. and then I'll come back. Like when I was pregnant, I was like, okay, I actually need to like start taking breaks. Like give me a break after like the first three hours so I could eat something really small and but. I'm just, I never got those breaks because for so many years they were just used to booking me like, Oh, sorry, right. we booked you. And then I was like very, very pregnant. And I was like, where are my breaks? I need my breaks, <laughs> you know? And I was like, I just need some time. And they they were like, they couldn't understand where I was coming from because they're like, what do you mean? You just always work. You work, 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 work. <laughs> so now that I have the baby, I'm working a little bit less. So I just, do the admin days on like the days that I'm not scheduled to see patients. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, I'll show up in the office and they'll, they'll, everyone will bombard me and be like, Oh, Hey, by the way, like, do you, this person really wanted to come in today for X, Y, and Z. And can you stay? And I'm like, just because I'm here doesn't mean I'm working. Correct. I'm working on the business, not in the business. And they're like, yes. Oh, it's funny because they're they're not up to date on that portion of my life yet. Like mm -hmm. I'm still working on it. But it's, I'm like, no, just because I'm here or like if if I'm scheduled to work at 12 from like, let's say 12 to 5 or 12 to 6, I'll maybe go in at 10 and they'll be like, oh, this is great. Can I have so and so come in? And I'm like, no, I'm here to work 
on the business, not in the business. So, you know, there's a lot that ha- needs to happen. There but is. You're, but wanted- you're a very sophisticated business owner on that. And I would say I love that you said, no, I'm working on the business. And I think as business owners, we so often want to say, yes, we want to be liked. We want to help our team. That's actually hurting your team when you oh, don't that take that dedicated time. Like you yeah. have to do this. And I think people don't understand that because they think it's just busy work. I'm just spot checking things. And I'm like, I fall guilty of this trap all the time. I'm like, oh, my admin time doesn't matter. I don't like doing those tasks. Well, guess what? I own a business. I don't like working out either. That's called being a human being and being proactive on our bodies and our business. Right. And can I just tell you, when I started implementing like a closing day system, you guys, if you guys lost us in the middle of this, come back to me because this is really important. So I started implementing uh, like what I do every day for closing. So I take 30 minutes at the end of each day. And one thing I started doing is checking to make sure all the treatment that I was actually doing for the day and everyone was doing for the day was input into the computer. Mm-hmm. And what I found is that a lot of it wasn't. And I was like, oh my gosh, this person almost got a free crown. And this person almost got a free surgery for my, my specialist. And mm-hmm. this person got a free cleaning. And I was like, you know, it's not that someone is, trying to do that the it's my at the time that I found these issues my employees are fantastic I'm not saying that they were trying to like steal from me or anything but they weren't being input in the system because we're all human mm-hmm. you know I didn't put it in we didn't have a system for the office manager to look for it or you know my other front office gal to look for it so it's just wasn't a system but once I started implementing it I was like oh this is why we need to have systems. Mm-hmm. You're exactly right. Because <laughs> otherwise your business is just losing money. Mm-hmm. And to that, that's your end of day follow-up. So I love an end of day, end of week, end of month follow-up. So every day, every person has an end of day. And doctors, that's your end of day. You go spot check that all procedures were billed out that you did for that day. I can't tell you how many times I build a $0 crown. Like that's embarrassing. And it wasn't because I was trying to hurt my office. I'm just busy up front and I'm human and we make mistakes. So when we just spot check real quick and everybody has their quick end of day, it's much faster. The end of week, it's all reported to you, doctor. And then the end of month is where you'll go through and actually look through it. If it was in my perfect world, I'd suggest you do an every single week admin time that you do go spot check and you get into the nitty gritty. So look at your bank account. Look at your, um, and I I don't have this on auto, like on, on memory, put this on autopilot. So have a checklist of things that you check every single week and just have that in your calendar. You could boomerang that so it pops into your email and says like, hey, Dr. Yazdan, check these five things today. That makes it easier and more manageable and more likely for you to do this. So all these pieces like system, system, systems, it's tricky. I would just say, of the list of all the things that are broken, let's look to see why they're broken, ask those questions. And then I would even try this week, build out five to 10 actual true systems with every single department and what the nitty gritty is between all of those. So build the systems within the system of if it's a new patient, if it's case acceptance, if it's our reporting of our KPIs, if it's for our hygiene team and how they're going to tee up treatment for doctor, whatever it is, go through all those areas, look to see and work on those, and then get your whole team to buy into that. Agree that this is how we're going to do it, and then have a set follow-up, because that's the key piece, a set follow-up to hold these systems accountable. 
Otherwise, they're going to fall and it's going to feel like a waste of time. So that's what I'd say is, is have five that you really master and then move on to the next ones and then to the next. That's going to help you actually systematize your practice and not just keep creating and dreaming without ever moving the ball forward. Right. So we're going to make it actionable. So we're just going to hold people accountable for those five within the next two weeks since most offices are either slowed down or closed. Perfect. Does that sound good? I love it. So one thing I did want to ask real quick is... Um, Okay, so let's say now you're getting all this information on spreadsheets and you've never done this before and you're overwhelmed with the information and you're kind of like, okay, well, that's great. I have all this info and I have this time to analyze it. What am I looking for? I said, I'm looking for broken systems or things where things can be better, but I don't really know. Do you, like, do you get what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I know that and there was a time in my life where I was trying to figure out, you know, how much things actually cost like mm-hmm. really cost, not just like, oh yeah, my lab fee is this much. It's like, no, I have to pay my assistant for this. The material costs this much for all the impressions and then, or whatever it is, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I was kind of like looking at all the data and I was like, well, this is a lot of data. And I was very overwhelmed with all these Excel sheets that I had made. And I was like, well, now what? Mm-hmm. Like now what? What am I looking for? And I don't even know how to fix it. What, mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how to find a problem and I don't know how to fix it. So can you give us a quick tip or two on that? Sure, of course. Yeah. So, um, yes, it's a lot of information. And I think the the answer is I want you just to step in that direction and get the information to come to you and then pick one thing. So on the billing. Oh, um, I love that. That's because perfect. otherwise it's like, where do I start? Where do I start? You don't know where to start. So stop trying. It's not like we're reading the whole book in the first day. We're just going to take right. chapter one. That's all we're working on today. And you're going to get better and better. And what's cool is you're building a muscle of what things to look for. Um, and you'll start to notice patterns and you'll notice things. You're not going to see that on day one. And that's okay. You're at least taking the first step. So I would say, for example, if you're looking at your billing AR, your AR should be reported to you every single week because we need to know where that accounts receivable is. doesn't matter what healthcare profession you're in, that AR is crucial and we need to know if it's patient or if it's insurance because we get paid in two different ways. We get paid from the insurance and we get paid from the patient. So a great way to spot check or look at this is look to see what's your AR. And when you get this data every single week, you'll start to notice a pattern and a trend. So I look for patterns and trends. That's one of my favorite things to look for. So is my AR going up or is my AR going down? Well, if the AR is going down, we should be collecting. I'm going to go spot check. I'm going to go pull an EOB and actually pull up a patient. So I'm going to pull up Dr. Yazdan and I'm going to look to see did we actually get paid for that crown and was it entered and was it entered correctly? You might have no clue what correctly is, but you at least know you can go grab an EOB, you can pull up her name in the computer and you can look to see, was that check entered, the right check number, because it says on the EOB, did they write off the right amount? And just by even looking at that, you guys are really smart. You'll start to put things together and you'll start to see things and then go put it in. Also, when the team member sees you grabbing an EOB, they know you're actually looking at EOBs. So even if it's just done for that mere factor that they're like, oh, she's grabbing EOBs, what's she yep. looking at? That works too. Um, as far as- like- Oh yeah, I have to say when I started printing reports on a daily basis mm-hmm. and my office started seeing me that now I have like a closing day routine and I'm pulling reports every day to make sure things are as they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like, oh, okay. I started seeing- those treatments really being entered like oh she's checking she's checking I I better make sure I'm doing 
my job. And I'm not even like a scary person. Like <laughs> I would no. never, like if someone does something wrong or I don't want to say wrong, but if something falls through the cracks in my office, I'm not like this crazy evil person. Like I, I'm very straightforward. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, you, this can never happen again, like X, Y, and Z. And let's just figure it out for right now. And then we need to make sure this doesn't happen again. So how are we going to do that? Right. And then, you know, and I guess that's one thing I want to say about systems is your system, your first time you put it together, it's not going to be perfect, mm-hmm. but it's going to be okay. Because what you're going to do is then you're going to have a something fall through the cracks to that system and you're going to make it better and better and better and better and better. So Um, but yeah, I just wanted to touch on that point as like, it's funny because it's true. If you just do it for the mere fact of people start seeing like, Oh, they are checking Mm -hmm. like, okay, everyone's going to be on their toes and want to make sure they're doing their job correctly. Mm -hmm. And something fun that you can do. This is like ruthless on my part. And it kind of just gives me a little giggle, like not in an evil way. Um, it just is kind of fun. There were times when I would just, I would pull up an account and I would ask the office manager um, or the front office and I would say, hey, um, you know, I just went to double check. This this check isn't looking like it was entered correctly. There's some, some mix up between the bank. And even if it looks pretty well, I want them to go research it and I want them to tell me what's going on. So I don't lie to them. I tell them true facts, but say like, hey, I just wondered if you could research this account. I want to make sure everything's matching with the bank. And I just want to make sure that we're clear that just by asking that simple question, that's also going to help your team look for it and also stay accountable to you because you're literally making them say like, hey, things aren't quite matching or, you know, I want to just check to make sure that this was entered correctly. Could you get me all the information on it? they will be more heightened and on their toes because they know you're just going to ask those questions. So don't stress about it. Um, and then if you are Systems 2.0, you're in office listening and you've got Rockstar Systems in place, I would challenge you to pull all your systems up and look to see how you could simplify those. So Ooh, often, that's a good one. <laughs> so often we like keep building upon systems because we're these builders, we're these entrepreneurs, we're the people that like to build. So we just keep building and adding and adding and instead reverse that and see how could you simplify because so often the systems we put into place a few years ago actually have become obsolete and we just keep doing them because we put them in place and they fixed a problem or they're so convoluted or they take a lot of steps so there's actually a simpler way to do them and making sure your systems are still serving you and you're not serving your systems. I love that. And one thing I wanna make sure everyone knows is to actually like, Kara said in the beginning, make sure you're writing these down because it's one thing to tell someone, Hey, I want to make sure that you guys are all inputting and and whatever Uh, every, at the end of every week, um, I want you guys to send me a report and blah, blah, blah. Right. You can say that, but unless it's written down, it's not going to happen. Exactly. And also, I actually have this thing now with my, when I talk to my office manager about things, because what'll happen is I'll say one thing and she'll hear something else. And then I'll be like, wait, but I told you this. And she's like, no, I thought you said this. And I'm no, Mm -hmm, (laughs) no. mm -hmm. And then I realized that it was an issue. So now I actually like have a system for when we discuss something, I set it in stone by writing it down. And then Mm -hmm. I'll always pull out the document or I'll pull up the email or whatever it was, like, however it is falling into our system. And I'll say, no, 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 actually on this day, remember we talked about this. And then she's like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm, You know, or mm -hmm. sometimes, sometimes I'm like, oh. Okay, you know, like I was wrong. So mm-hmm. 
it's important to actually physically write it down. Well, and that serves two purposes. That's your accountability piece to show them, no, we, we do have this system here. And if it's not working, let's fix it. And second, it creates that systems playbook that you can literally then do if somebody's gone um, you don't have to depend on the knowledge being in their brains or your brains. It's written down so anybody can do it. And that's what I say is play like system roundup. Once you get all your systems in place, literally print them out so they're all written or their video and actually share them with somebody in a department that's not the current person who knows how to do it. So for example, hygiene would, the front office would do hygiene protocols. Hygiene would do office manager protocols. Um, office manager would do dental assistant protocols. Dental assistant would do doctor protocols. You round robin them all together. And then you literally will see people that don't know that position at all. Could they follow your step-by-steps and do it? And that will also perfect your step, your systems for you. I love that. Kira, I know Girl. that um, I could keep talking with you literally for another hour or two, but I know your time is important and you've got work to do and I don't want to keep you too long. Um, but I do want to thank you for this time and all this great information you've given. And you guys, if you guys are in dentistry, I know a lot of you listening to this are not, but I know a lot of you are. Kira and the Dental A-Team are the most, like you guys just have to look up their stuff. So where can people find you? Because you guys are so great at implementing systems and helping dentists implement systems and just getting things together, making your businesses more efficient, making them more profitable, because that's really what it's about. Um, and just a better work environment, you know, by getting the systems in place. It's just such a happier work environment. And you guys are so great at doing that. So I want everyone to know where they can find you. Well, thank you. Think that's a huge compliment because at the end of the day, I like to say, we don't just understand you, we are you. And so let's work together. We've been in your shoes. We're, we're not just coming in of ideas, but really, really trying hard to implement true, true things that are t- tried and true, not just theories or ideas. So thank you for that. Um, our, you guys can pop on over. We've got the podcast, The Dental A-Team Podcast, or you can visit our website, uh, thedentalateam.com, or you can also email us at hello at thedentalateam.com. Ask any questions. We also, as weird as it is, uh, we just started. We actually have branched outside of dentistry. We're actually working with a CPA firm and an optometry firm. I have no idea if that's going to work. Like putting it out there, I have no clue. I believe systems are systems and people are really cool and really nice and they're willing to let us come and experiment on their businesses to see if systems work. But we have actually started venturing out of dental. We'll see what happens. Dentals well, are, dentals are things. Here's the thing. <laughs> Once you have one scalable model, I mean, yes, like an optometry practice is not going to have a hygienist, but they're still going to have a new patient. They're still going to have, you know, a patient that's going to check out that needs follow-up care. They're still going to have employees that do different things in that field. So once you have that scalable model that works, Mm -hmm. then it can absolutely work in other businesses. So you guys, even no matter what industry you're in, I would 100% reach out if this is something that you feel like you would benefit from in your business, which I don't know who wouldn't benefit from this type of work in their business. Um, And, you know, at least get some information. Awesome. Thank you so much, Desiree. It was just fun. And it's so fun to hear your little cute baby in the background every so often. I'm impressed. You did so good. Like this is a long podcast. She did. She did awesome. So, she made a few noises here and there, but she's been doing really good. She's a really good baby. I'm very lucky. So, uh, so thank you. Yes. And thank you. Thanks for letting me be on your podcast and, and for joining you today. It was It's always a pleasure. And I love learning from you. I love sharing ideas. It's It's a beautiful thing we've got going. So thank you again.
You're welcome. Let's do it again. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll talk soon. Thank you for listening to The Social Dentist with Dr. Desiree Yazdan. Download your free Instagram guide for healthcare professionals at www.dryazdan.com forward slash Instagram guide. If you'd like to reach out to Dr. Yazdan, you can do so on Instagram at Dr. Yazdan. That's D-R-Y-A-Z-D-A-N. Till next time.